Join me for a hymn sing at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th, at Concordia University, Chicago. This year's theme, Things Above. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. On the third day rise, he died before sunset Friday. That Friday was day one. He was in the tomb for the Sabbath. That was day two. And so sometime after sundown on Saturday and before the ladies arrive at the first dawn, the crucified one arose from the grave. The word of the Lord endures forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Do you recall how last time we learned about one Joseph of Arimathea, one of the Jewish leaders, but a good and righteous man and a member of the council? He had not consented to what his fellow rulers had done to Jesus. He was one of the faithful in Israel who was still looking for, waiting for the kingdom. So he took courage and he went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. He it is who had the gruesome task of taking Jesus down from the cross, prying loose his hands and feet from the wood. He wrapped the naked body in a linen cloth and then carried it, we learn from St. John's Gospel with Nicodemus, Off to its burial in a virginal tomb, a tomb in which nobody had yet been laid, because this was his, that is Joseph's, tomb, and he was still very much alive. The sun was sinking in the west as this loving duty was concluded, watched over by the eyes of the women who observed, quote, how his body was laid, end quote. I suspect implying that they were not satisfied with the hasty burial that Joseph had given. Hence, they start preparing their spices to come and get the job done more to their satisfaction, only to be interrupted by the sunset, and so the beginning of the Sabbath. They rest as God had commanded, though I'd wager they rested a bit restlessly, eager to get back and tend the body of the Savior, as is shown by their next actions. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th and final chapter, beginning at the first verse. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? 
and they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home, marveling at what had happened. Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. Let us pray. O fill us, Lord, with dauntless love, set heart and will on things above, that we conquer through your triumph. Grant grace sufficient for life's day, that by our lives we truly say, Christ has triumphed, he is living. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Amen. So, you ready to ponder this most joyous of readings? Let's feast on it. Verse 1. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. The Sabbath had ended at sunset the night before, but recall that they had only begun preparing what they needed. St. Mark records that these ladies went and bought spices when the Sabbath was ended. So after sunset Saturday, they hurried to the merchants to secure what they believed they'll need to do a proper job. They got these things prepared and ready. And then they began to wait for the dawning of the first light so that they could finish the task which the Sabbath had interrupted. The first day of the week is then also the eighth day, the day beyond the sevens of our time, one of which will carry us to death too. They don't realize that yet in their grief and sorrow. They'd forgotten what Jesus had told them. As they trudge along, St. Mark records Mary Magdalene realizing the problem of the stone. Maybe they figure if they all shove together, they can move it. But there's no need. Verse 2. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Not a word about how the stone was rolled away here in St. Luke. For that, you need Matthew 28, verse 2. And yet another earthquake. The angel who rolls it away and then sits upon it. But they are paying attention to nothing but the dark opening before them. And they no doubt had a sense of grave foreboding as they hesitated and pondered. And then no doubt with glances from one to the other, maybe arm in arm, they began to move toward that open grave to see what they would see. Verse 3. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Obviously, a dead body is what they expected to discover in the tomb, but that's not what they discover at all. We know from later in this section and from John 20, verses 6 and 7, that the linen cloths or the shroud were folded in one place, the face covering in another. Yes, on the glorious eighth day, on the morning of the resurrection, the first act of the risen Lord was apparently to make his bed. This before he left the tomb. It's clear from Matthew that he departed the sealed tomb sometime prior to the earthquake and the angel opening it. But the ladies do not seem to remark on the folded clothes. That's something that struck Peter. What terrifies them is that Jesus' body is gone, and they don't know where or how or why. But they're about to find out. Verse 4. 
While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, as in read angels as cued by the dazzling apparel. The tomb that they had found empty ended up being crowded full, angels and the ladies. John in chapter 20 implies that when the angels appear, they appear first seated, one at the head and the other at the feet of where the body of Jesus had been, a sort of tableau of the Ark of the Covenant. But they stand to greet the women and then to gently chide them. Verse 5. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse 6. He is not here, but is risen. The presence of these gloriously clad beings immediately communicated to these women that they were keeping company with some of God's holy angels, and they show reverence to the God who sent them by their bowing and prostrations. But the angels, being angels, are focused on their oiangelion, their good news, their message. The messengers ask the ladies, Why are you looking for the living one in a tomb where the dead are to be found? Then they announce, not it, the corpse, that is, is not here, but he is not here. And this is why. He has risen. And then the angels do a beautiful thing indeed. They call their minds back to Galilee when they walked with their master, and they remind them of what he said to them. And not just once, but three times. Verse 6 continued, Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, verse 7, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. On the third day rise. He died before sunset Friday. That Friday was day one. He was in the tomb for the Sabbath. That was day two. And so sometime after sundown on Saturday and before the ladies arrive at the first dawn, the crucified one arose from the grave. Thus, the Holy Church celebrates its first Easter service as the great vigil, sometime after sundown on Holy Saturday and before the dawning of the light on Easter Day. And Jesus had made it so very clear in his teaching that this is exactly what was going to happen to him. But in their grief at the unfolding of it all, his words had been driven from their minds, but the angel calls them back to the promise. Hence, verse 8, And they remembered his words, verse 9, And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. They remember his words, and they had back to tell the eleven, for Judas has by now gone to his place, of all that had happened to them that morning. Mark's gospel is clear that at first they said nothing. Maybe you can even hear them arguing, and who is going to believe us? Seriously, Mary, we just can't. And then maybe Mary Magdalene insisting, no, we have to tell them we can't keep this to ourselves. No way, no how. Verse 10. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Verse 11, but these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. The myrrh-bearing women then correspond largely to the list Luke gave us way back in chapter 8, verse 2, save that we hear of Mary, the mother of James, rather than of Susanna. But in both instances, Luke includes what is basically an etc. There were others besides these named. But do note 
Mary, the mother of James. Once again, I pointed out, if this were the Virgin Mary, it would be highly irregular to refer to her as the mother of James and not as his mother. One more hint, that Mary, the mother of James and Judas, the brothers of our Lord, is not to be identified with her sister-in-law, the Blessed Virgin. St. Augustine in the 5th century comments on the fittingness of how this all fell out. He says, Humanity fell through the female sex. Humankind was restored through the female sex. A virgin gave birth to Christ. A woman proclaimed that he had risen again. Through a woman, death. Through a woman, life. But the disciples didn't believe what the women had said. They thought they were raving when, in fact, they were reporting the truth. Verse 12. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home, marveling at what had happened. Again, we know from John 20 that Peter was outrun by St. John, but that it was St. Peter who first entered and found it exactly as the women had reported. He leaves the tomb marveling. I think at this point we ought to hear that as he leaves it wondering, could it really be? Could it possibly be? And with Peter's marvel, we'll call our hiatus for the day. Next up, we'll hear of the encounter on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus, somehow incognito, joins the two sad pilgrims as they stroll along and asks what's troubling them. They can't believe that a visitor to Jerusalem is unaware of the gross miscarriage of justice that just took place there, and they say as much. He asks for more information, and they give it. Quite sad how they confess that they had hoped that Jesus was the promised Messiah, the Davidic king, so long expected. But the leaders killed him, and then they do add the report of the women, which they still are having trouble crediting. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.